This is JimPenzo.com e-news number 319, the 25th of October 2013. This e-news is read by Jim's text-to-speech robot, MacJimbo, or MacJimbot, if you prefer. As usual, there are five items and three feedbacks in this issue of e-news. Item 1. Industry 4.0, the Industrial Internet. The Internet of Things is spreading everywhere, industrial, business, commercial, consumer. GE is focusing on the industrial side, calling it, the Industrial Internet. The Germans call it, Industry 4.0, the fourth manufacturing revolution. Industry 4.0 is the, Internet of Things, data and control beyond just information and ideas. IoT is sensors technology and networking all coming together to allow everything to exchange information, burgeoning, big data. Wired Magazine's June 2013 cover story on IoT showed that the future will be about connecting devices to the millions of invisible transactions of daily life. It's about connecting everything to generate vastly more useful information and the ability to control. As more devices emerge that connect to the web, more of them are able to connect to each other. An example is open remote software that can connect and automate all kinds of devices, thermostats, door locks and window blinds, which each have separate apps for operation can be merged with open remote into a single iPad app to control everything. All this is happening very fast. How is your company involved? Lead, follow or simply slide into oblivion. Item 2. Automation Infotech and Cloud Computing Futures Information technology IT, is still a dominating influence in many large manufacturing and process automation companies. But computer expertise is no longer just the domain of a select few, and responsibility is shifting away from centralized IT departments. The old IT will not just disappear. It will change and fragment into different arenas. It will actually grow as extensions of every other department. The cloud is coming. Cloud computing is one of the hottest technology fields today. The market is projected to soar from $40.7 billion in 2011 to $241 billion in 2020, according to Forrester Research. The cloud minimizes the need for in-house IT people. There will be no need to make big investments for local computers, hardware, software and personnel. Information technology will evolve from a world that is server-centric to one that is service-centric. By 2020, cloud computing will look radically different. Computing will become invisible. Software will be modular and divorced from hardware. Low-power, low-cost commodity hardware will be standard, including storage, servers and switches with low-cost, high-speed information connects. Item 3. The Conflict of Human Constructs During the recent political machinations about debt limits, I watched in amazement as intelligent, rational, patriotic, Reasonable Americans kept pointing insisting that the other side was unreasonable, unpatriotic, misguided, and even stupid. Here were elected U.S. representatives and senators openly abusing each other with rhetoric that pushed the limits of decency and decor. 
How was this even possible? Witnessing this strange scenario unfold I think I recognize that what's involved is basic, human constructs. Human constructs is the psychosocial construction of reality. The primary constructs are embedded in the human brain from infancy, religion, culture, love, family and country. These are all linked to our place of birth and surroundings, where we grow up and how we are taught. It becomes part of our basic instincts. These can, of course, be overridden and even eliminated through later education and experiences. In today's America, it is not politically acceptable to be prejudiced. Can prejudice be overridden? Not easily. One intelligent and sincere person from the Deep South told me, I was born and brought up to believe that blacks were like vermin. Now I have to override my own instinctive thinking. So, think on this. How much of the anti-Obama rhetoric is fueled by prejudice, as opposed to genuine objections? How do cultural constructs affect their thinking? How much is real patriotism versus illogical bias? How can we ever be certain that this or that politician is telling the actual truth? Is human objectivity even possible? Item 4 Jeff Bezos and Amazon, the everything store. I've got to tell you, I'm addicted to buying online from Amazon.com. I've done other online shopping, but Amazon.com is by far the best, the easiest, the fastest. Amazon already knows me, my preferences, credit card, shipping and billing address, or the address of anyone I've shipped to before. I often click in and out in under a minute. In nothing flat, there's an acknowledgement in my email inbox. The item arrives on my doorstep within a day or two, always on or before the promised date. If I don't like it, I can simply send it back. Getting the replacement or credit is easy breezy. Journalist Brad Stone has just published a new book, The Everything Store. This has lots of interesting insights into founder Jeff Bezos and the explosive growth of his company which, in less than two decades, employs almost 90,000 people and sells $61 be worth of almost everything. Jeff Bezos is a limitless spring of enthusiasm and new ideas. After graduating from Princeton in 1986, he joined a computer-driven hedge fund and walked away before bonus time to found Amazon. He calls this his regret minimization framework. What will be important when you're 80? And what will you regret? Jeff Bezos is a polarizing figure, inspiring many people but traumatizing others. Like Apple's Steve Jobs, he is notoriously confrontational. He can be kind, but is also volatile and unsparing of those who make mistakes. Are you stupid? Or just lazy? He believes that truth springs forth when ideas are banged against each other. Jeff Bezos has a public email address, jeff at amazon.com. Not only does he read customer complaints, he forwards them to the relevant Amazon employees with the one character addition, a question mark. Hey, you don't need me to tell you these interesting tidbits about Jeff Bezos. Go buy Brad Stone's new book on Amazon.com. Item 5. Email is broken and can't be fixed. I've used email as a primary communications mechanism for almost two decades. 
In the midst of the technology boom, it hasn't really changed. Today, the email experience is often painful. It is not much more than the useless steam of advertising and notifications, with the messages I'm expecting hidden deep within a huge amount of useless spam which is almost impossible to eliminate. Google's Gmail doesn't solve the basic problems. Yahoo's updates seem to make email less useful. Email is an intrinsically difficult technology problem, managing lots of data while interfacing with ancient protocols and endless spam problems. The benefits of anything new must be substantial enough to motivate people to try something new. Change is hard, even when the status quo doesn't work. And then there's a fundamental business problem, in spite of the millions, billions, that use email, everybody considers it free. Anything you would have to offer something significantly better than what users now get for free. Most people still use email, but few really like how they use it. It's a relic of the desktop era and mobile computers are changing everything. Many people have stopped using email. The best and fastest way to get in touch is text messaging, Twitter or Instagram. But those are limited by the message size. The new mobile era is creating massive opportunities to transform the email experience into something fast and effective. When? Oh, when? As usual, there are three feedbacks in this issue of A News. Feedback 1. Kyle Reisner of GE Intelligent Platforms comments on the recent E! News item, mobile devices will hit the factory floor. Kyle writes, in your presentation, you claim that Automation Control Products, ACP, is first to market with a solution that addresses the need of mobile users in the factory. You mention that ACP's relevant software resolves location and delivers relevant content. I agree this is compelling and a paradigm shift. I encourage you to read more on how GE is driving a new paradigm called Real-Time Operational Intelligence which is sparked by plant floor mobility. Or take a peek at my own most recent blog on how industry has to think about True Mobile. Feedback 2. Jake Brodsky writes on data security and the like. Says Jake. We are all painfully aware that the NSA is watching, as are many other intelligence agencies from most countries around the globe. Anyone who thinks this news is something only people in the U.S. should worry about is very naive. For this reason and for the sheer fun of it, I started using encrypted emails years ago. My public key is posted at pgp.mit.edu. All this cryptography stuff got me thinking recently. Too many people are scared of mythical hackers busting into control systems from a coffee shop on the other side of the planet. The reality is that your very own co-workers are probably more likely to sabotage the industrial processes than somebody who lives on the other side of the globe. This ugly truth will be acknowledged and trumpeted soon. I don't think we will be able to dodge this issue of data, control, and software validation for a long Feedback 3. Rick Lamb comments on the decline of college education. Says Rick. The problem with student loan debt is that a great percentage of the college students have been passed on by the primary education system and didn't learn anything. 
The college degree is now a substitute for a meaningless high school diploma. The student is now paying college tuition for something that he could have gotten free from the public education system. When he matriculates with his expensive degree, he's now qualified to get that job and pay scale that in the past were perfect opportunities for high school graduates. Well, that's this issue of e-news. Please send us your feedback. Send your email to jim at jimpinto.com. Thank you for listening.